All right, this is Bishop Bowser with uh, Slow Motion, Shafat Outreach Podcast, and we typically call this Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser. And so we, uh, we're we coming on here uh, live and um, on Facebook and also through our podcast, uh, Shafat Outreach Podcast with Slow Motion uh, with Bishop Bowser. So we know it'll take a moment or two for those who, when we're streaming live, for those to come on in and, and, and check us out. But we're going to ask that folks come on in and check us out on um, Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser. Uh, we have a good one for you tonight. We have Brother Curtis Howard with us. Amen. And and uh, he's the um, a chair, chapter chair of All of Us Are None, uh, which I'm a member of that. And, and uh, uh, All of Us Are None is doing some great work, you know, for the formerly incarcerated, even those that are still locked up. And, and, and uh, they've been doing great work for some years and years and years. Really appreciate everything they've been doing. And also... Um, uh, Kurt Curtis is former gang member from Neighborhood Crips, and so we're going to share some some things with you. And he wrote some books. He's an author. Uh, he's doing a lot of great things. I don't know. <laughs> Curtis be on it, and, and, and I mean, man, you be on it. You be on me too. Like, hey, man, I need that information for the book. And I'm like, hi, he finding time to write and and run the chapter and do all the things he's doing with helping the homeless and different things. It, it, you know, um, a real busy man. You know, really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today and everything, man. So how things been going? Oh man, it's all good, man. You know, like you said, it's been busy. You know, I've been busy, man, and uh, you know, I'm doing the work. Uh, I, I just don't put it on Facebook, Bishop. So I do my little social laughing and joking around, and you know, to kind of brighten up a little Facebook page because it's a lot of always a lot of uh, sad and tragic stuff. Right. And and so I, I just don't. Uh, Put it out there, you know. I'm trying to do things. I have a motto uh, when I took over as chair uh, called "Progress Over Pictures." Right. And uh, you know, progress over pictures. So, you know, I'm trying to get things done in the cut. And a lot of people say, "Hey, what are we doing?" Well, you don't know, uh, you know. Uh, but it's a lot being done. Uh, uh, I'd rather wait and and reveal those things when the work is actually done and when there's some breakthroughs. I hear you. I hear you, man. And yeah, and, and, and these days you have folks that are most definitely hear you doing something before it's fully developed or before you can get it going. They are uh, still your project. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's no that's integrity and, and a lot of unethical stuff that's that's going on and everything. So, you know, I guess, you know, we could start out with, you know, just give us a little background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, give us um a little history, you know, of, of, of where you grew up. And, and I know, you know, you got, you know, you got a, a gang background, been a former gang member, been in prison, been through all that. I read your books, know you uh, put in work. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't really know who Curtis is, but we want them to know, know you today uh, that you're, that you're a real OG and you really out there uh, uh, being real. Cause a lot of times we, you know, these, Folks call themselves OGs, man, and they up here encouraging their young homies to do stuff. That ain't OG, man. Uh, the real OG is going to encourage them to do the right thing, encourage them the right way, and so on. You know, we're trying to 
uh, pull away from all of that. And, and I really appreciate some of the standards that you've been setting because it's been challenging me, too, in the sense of how we should be conducting ourselves and so on as, you know, former gang members and being those examples to the younger generation and so on. There's a lot of things we have to let go. But uh, I'll give it to you, man. The floor is yours as far as, you know, you know, just start wherever you want to start, man, and start sharing with us, um, you know, what you want to share. And I'll jump in every now and then, ask a question or say something. But uh, the floor is yours, my brother. Absolutely, man. Uh, uh, Curtis Kurt Dog Howard, man, you know, uh, a lot of people know that I'm from the hood uh, and everything. But, uh, you know, I, I went to the hood when I was like a, a, a teen. Uh yeah, there we go. That's me right there on the far left. Uh -huh. My hands on my hip. That's a, <laughs> a very OG picture right there. That's uh, uh, it's a. It, this picture is very special for a lot of reasons. If you see everyone on the right side with their shirt off, is rest in peace. Oh wow! All of the people with their shirt off, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. And they're all on one side of the picture. Wow! Together. Wow. And they're the ones who, uh, who are... Any of my know? That's Donnie Ramsey. Oh, I know Donnie. Donnie. Yeah. Newland, the, the founder. Oh, yeah. Everybody know Donnie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's Sam Carter. Sammy Carter in the back. Okay. Uh, Newland, uh, uh flexing with the orange pants. Okay. Leonard, Leonard uh, Bakenut Baker. Oh, yeah, Bakenuts. Yeah, yeah, we're good friends. Yeah, that's, that's Bakenut. Yeah, Bakenuts, you know, he... Uh, he saved us one night, man. You know, the hood, we was over, me and some of the homies, just a few of us, we went to a hood party, and 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 uh, uh, the, the hood was about to jack us, man. <laughs> we was, and baked us, man, got our back, man. He took off and Jay said, man, y'all mess with them, you're going to have to get with me, too. And uh, the back got him off of us. <laughs> Right. If it was going to be a fight, he would organize it mm -hmm. rather than just let it be chaotic. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, in the background, that's Marlon. We called him Marlon Brando. Okay. He's in the back. And, and then that's Trey Dog's little brother, Lil Reg. Okay, I heard uh, him. The, uh, next to him with the Godfather in the back is the notorious Marvin Miller. Yeah, you know, we all know Marvin. A <laughs> little rap. Everybody knows Marvin. <laughs> that was my running buddy. Yeah. Uh, during this time that we took the picture. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, uh, one of the Hills brothers standing in between me and Marvin. That's me with my hand on my hip. Oh, okay. And that's uh, D Darren uh, D-Rock. Uh, okay, Nolan I heard of him, yeah. With the, with the rag over his face. That was in 1983. Okay, and, but, I, and uh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. And I know you, uh, uh, I'll throw up another, if you, you have anything else you want to say about this picture? No, no. I have another one from um, 1979 that you shared with me that I want to throw up there. That's classic. That's one of my old pictures, man. This is a, actually a family photo uh -huh. of every, everybody in that photo is a neighborhood crip, but that is mom, their mom, their sister, and the brothers. Right. And they were really serious about the hood, and they were all hoods. That's Al Capone on the end uh, with the golf cap on. He was, uh, he, uh, was killed. In early in 1983, and okay. his brother Cadillac Dave in the back. That's okay. their mother in the front. Okay. The hand signs. Uh, that's Boss Man, who was also gang related. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, with the blue shirt on. Got you. And their sister in the back. 
with the east side mm-hmm. and someone on the end I can't identify. Right. There's another old, old picture. Right, right. So, um, so everybody knows I was from the hood, but I actually grew up in, uh, uh, I was more so raised in Encanto, but I started in the coast. Uh-huh. Uh, I lived on Island Street. Right. On the top of the hill by Physicians and Surgeon Hospital. Uh-huh. Uh, I went to Sherman Elementary School and maybe like the first grade. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, we, we lived right there on Island Street. We used to have that yellow bakery truck used to come <laughs> through and blow that weird horn. Uh-huh. Got some of the best donuts ever, man, on those little uh, bakery uh, trucks. And that's what the coast reminds me of. Mm-hmm. In back of my house on Island Street, it's a little park now. Okay, and yeah. By physician, across the street from physician and surgeon. Is I know that is, yeah, Grand, Grand that, Hills, Grand Hill Park. That, right, and that, that park was a canyon when I lived there. That, mm-hmm. was back, that was our backyard, you know. And yeah. then I moved to Encanto in the late 60s. Okay. And, uh, and, and grew up in Encanto. But, but I had, <clears throat> but you know, I started over in the coast, and, and then I went back mm-hmm. uh, in elementary school. They had a thing called Operation Push. Okay. And I wanted to be, I wanted to work and be a member of Operation Push because it's like a black thing, and they kept showing this Jesse right. Jackson dude, <laughs> and I was like, man, I want to be in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the summertime, when I was in the sixth grade, they sent me back over to the coast for a program because uh-huh. coach told me they say, hey, little brother, you know, you could be pushed, but you know, you got to start at the bottom and work your way up, brother. Right. You know, and they gave me a collection can to collect donations. Okay. Operation push and gave I remember the push. Yeah. Yeah. People united to save humanity. And their office was the old Black Panther building on 29th and Imperial Avenue. Yeah. So we yeah. Went down there and in between breaks, uh, uh, is a uh, brother Jinx. From the coast and Goldie, uh-huh. uh used to come over there, right? And uh, and and they had two younger brothers that used to uh, work in there too, you know. And that's when I met uh, I met Jinx and Goldie uh, back then. They were saying, you know, West Coast and stuff, and I was like, yeah, I know about. It. I was like, yeah, you know, but I was kind of like low key <laughs> neighborhood because I had ties to the hood, right? But I hadn't really uh, start claiming yet, mm-hmm. and and it was a trip. Uh, because uh, you know it was that that program was like a three month program, program you know uh-huh. uh, that I went to uh, during during the summer. Right. Uh, but later on, I ran into Jinx again. Oh, okay. And <laughs> as you know, the hood and the coast did not have peaceful passing. Exactly. When we ran into each other. It was on. <laughs> yeah. So one night, me and about thirty of us, uh-huh. and, uh, and and we was on that mm. night. You know, we was hyped, and we was uh, on 41st and National uh-huh. uh, over in 5-9. Gotcha. And we was on the corner of 41st and National where you can go to Southcrest this way or, or Ocean View that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And it was supposed to be a party over there, and there was about 30 of us. We had on the rags <laughs> and the godfathers and khakis. Yeah. And we walk in and we hiked. Uh-huh. And we look and here come four dudes and they walking toward us. They got on khakis too. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, who is this? Uh-huh. We get a little quiet. We like, hey man, somebody coming toward us. You know, they, they banged out. Let's check them. <laughs> and uh, we look up and it's Jinx. <laughs> and I didn't notice the other two, but I noticed two. I noticed mm-hmm. Jinx 
and I knew White Mike. Okay. <laughs> and I said, there go Jinx and White Mike, the other two I didn't know. Uh -huh. And we got quiet. <laughs> it's on. It's, it's the coast. Uh -huh. And Jinx, he saw us and he stopped. Uh huh. And, uh, and he stopped for a second. And then he hunched his shoulder. He said, come on, let's go. We're not stopping. Because, you know, the coast was known for taking people on. It didn't matter how many of it it was, you know, the coast was always going to stand up and do their thing, right? Uh -huh. So he came toward us, but then he stopped, and he said, man, I'm not going to go any further. I ain't going to try to walk through these guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, my homeboy, Trey Dog, mm -hmm. uh, he was there, and we kind of let him call the little shots, you know, whenever we was rolling. Mm -hmm. And he stepped out, mm -hmm. and he said... You guys know what time it is, you know? Mm -hmm. He said, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this one for you. Mm -hmm. He said, we ain't going to even jump you. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, he said, you pick any of my homeboys that you want to have a head up fight with, and you do that, and you guys can walk. <laughs> and he said, any one of my homeboys, it was like 30 <laughs> of us. And he said, you pick one. Uh -huh. And he started like social distancing us, like uh -huh. spreading us apart so he could pick. <laughs> He's like, move over, move over, let him pick. And we spread apart. And Jinx is looking, and he's like, man, he's, I don't know, man. He said, I don't know, I don't care, man. West Coast, West Coast, I don't care, man. You know, I'll, I'll fight whoever. That's Jinx, that's you know, Jinx. Anybody, you know. And um, he said, you, hold on. He said, you said anybody. He said, now, I'm trade dog. I'm somebody. Are you saying you want to fight me? He said, well, if I have to. He said, okay, well, let's do this then. And Excuse me. So the the thing about this that what got me about how Trey Dog did this that uh -huh. night was it, well, only me and him knew what he did. Uh -huh. What happened a week before that uh -huh. is that Stacy Butler did the same thing to us. <laughs> me, Trey Dog, Salt Rock, and Woodlock. Mm -hmm. All three of them rest in peace. Yeah. It was us four that night when we went down to Paul Lowe's. Mm -hmm. Before we went down to Paul Lowe's the night before, we got into it with some of the dudes from Lincoln Park, mm -hmm. and we kind of, kind of, kind of smashed on them. It was a lot of us, mm -hmm. you know. So the next day, when uh, me and Trade Dog and Salt Rock and Woodlock went down to Paul Lowe's, you know, they they checked us out. And then when we went to leave, Stacy said, "Hey, man," he said, "Let me talk to you guys for a minute." And Stacy, he was like a peacekeeper too, like <laughs> like Big Nut. He he always had a Mm -hmm. uh, to organize things or kind of, you know, you know, kind of, kind of get things together. So mm -hmm. he was like, Hey man, you know, we ain't going to even try to jump you guys. Mm -hmm. He said, but you know, my homeboy, he's saying something's going on, something happened and he want to fight somebody. So whoever you guys just pick somebody, he going to shoot heads with whoever, because mm -hmm. we didn't do the shooting people mm -hmm. and seeing somebody and creeping behind mm -hmm. them and shooting them in the back, how they do mm -hmm. now and mm -hmm. all that. And everybody face-to-face -face with mm -hmm. you, you Heads know, face-to-face -face and yeah. said, hey, man, you know, fight somebody, you know. And uh, and so I was there that night mm -hmm. that he was talking about. And I remember we chased the dude off the park and, and all that stuff. We we went over <laughs> to Lincoln Park and, and uh, you know, and, and did some little bad stuff, you mm -hmm. know. And, and uh, so... So, you know, I said, hey, man, I'll I, I, I fight this dude, man, mm -hmm. you know, because he's disrespecting us anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, he whooped me. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? He he whooped me. You know, I was a little dude. I was always a little dude, <laughs> man. I weighed about 140 pounds. But say, hey, let's do this, though. And it's always the short you ones know. that the small ones that ready to fight anybody. <laughs> 
I was the loudest mouth at the Bucks, you know, in the, in the league. Now, now, you know, now I'm like 235, mm-hmm. 40 pounds, mm-hmm. you know. But and even later on, about five years later, you know, I just start growing, yeah, big dude, you exactly. Know, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't retroact nothing. I didn't go back and say, "Hey, man, exactly. let me finish this." You know, I was like, "What happened? Happened." Mm-hmm. You know, and and he got the best hand. Wasn't no MMA ground and pound type stuff. Right, you know? right. But he he whooped me, man. I mm-hmm. couldn't whoop that dude, mm-hmm. man. And and, and and you know they let us give. We and we went on with that. You mm-hmm. know. So when Trey Dog did that with Jinx that mm-hmm. night, you know, I was like, "Hey, man, you got that from from Stacy, <laughs> man." You know. He, he, he was basically paying it forward. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? And, 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 and that was cool, mm-hmm. you know. It, it was just how we did, you know. And mm-hmm. and, and, and and so he could paid it forward. And uh, he and, and, and Jinx said he didn't care. So Trade Off took off his coat, man, and they scrapped, you know. <laughs> and it was good, you know. They, you know, Jinx represented, you know, really well, you know, to be fighting such a known. Uh, pugilist like Trey Dog. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. Trey Dog was buffed. You know, he had all his muscles and stuff. Was, was, was a good thing and everything. And the police came real quick <laughs> and said, hey, you guys go that way and you guys go that way. Get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, <laughs> and that was that. But uh, just a, a note of how things was done with the hands. Right. And how we used to appoint people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even when that night when Trey Dog said, anybody, he said, I don't care. You could pick my smallest homeboy. <laughs> you could pick the smallest one. Mm-hmm. We all good. Mm-hmm. And even if the smallest homeboy fought him and lost, it was okay because that's how we did it. It mm-hmm. was like, we're going to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, We're going to get tough. Right. We're going to get tough with our losses. <laughs> and if we win, we win. If we lost, we're going to be even tougher. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that was a good thing. And, and it was also... A, a good courtesy that was passed down. Right. And he said, right. You know, let's not jump them, you know. <laughs> and, and and that was a good thing, you know. Amen. But, Amen. You know, that was kind of uh uh later on, you know, I, I I went through the to through the stuff, you know, in the hood for a while and you know the lifestyle, you know, gets you in a little trouble, man, here yeah. and there, you know. Yeah. And I start going to jail and So when when did I you when did you when did you start uh, getting locked up and everything? I start getting locked up, man. As soon as I start, it's basically as soon as I went over to the hood, man, and start gangbanging, man. From juvenile you know, hall to camp trouble. and all that. Yeah, I, I got in trouble pretty fast, man. Mm-hmm. After that, because my attitude changed, and I was fed this, I was feeding into this macho and egotistical stuff, you know, that you right. don't let nobody get away with nothing, <laughs> and you be tough, and you take everybody on who try to challenge you. You got to show them. You know that you're not the one, and and, and 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 you know, and and I and I got off into that, and I kind of got a violent, uh, uh I kind of got a little violent, man. You know. Oh yeah. And, uh, I read some of your and, stories. And and and, and, and yeah, and it, and, it, and it led me to going to jail, and then. So that's what you got locked up. What? So um, uh, that story, I, I know one of the stories I read. So you got caught and got locked up for that. Yeah. yeah no. No. I, okay. Uh, I got locked up actually. Uh, what happened is uh, I, I got in trouble at Gumpers uh, when I was going to Gumpers and they kicked me out mm-hmm. and they sent me to like a continuation school. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people know that the coast in the hood truce mm-hmm. uh, uh, in like 1980, 1981. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Uh, before the coast in the hood truce, I, I truced with a couple of coasters. Mm-hmm. We had a cool 
me and Daryl Ivory. Yeah, my homie. Yeah. Uh, ran together. Yeah. And uh, Chucky, Chucky uh, Van. Charles, yeah. Uh, crazy yeah, scene. Yeah. You Chuck, know, Chuck. We went to school together. <laughs> yeah, and we start hanging out, uh -huh. you know, together. Even when both of our sets didn't get along, we would hang out. But we wouldn't go to each other's hoods. We right. Like, we hang out, but... You can't go to my hood and I can't go to yours. Yeah. Now the only one that I know used to from the hood because uh Bakeness, cause he was he was mailman's cousin. And Bakeness, you know, he could come to the coast, hang out right on 30th with us. Wherever, you know, we were cool. That's he was like one of the homies, even though he's from the hood. And, you know, that's why, you know, that day when we rolled up at the, up there and they was geared to jump on us, he got our back. But um uh the, he was probably one of the only ones, and I remember when you know, because I was one of one of those that didn't want to unite because it was it was so deep. And I think one of my homies already doing a little time for it, shooting a couple of guys. And I was like, what happened when the homie get out? You know, and so I, I didn't. But eventually it ended up happening anyway. Couldn't stop. I try. I try to stop it, man. I try to stop the truth. Well, 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 I'm going to tell you something. No, you know, that's true. Right now is so much more because you just nailed it. Yeah. Uh, Back then, the truth was a lot simple mm -hmm. than it is uh, oh, yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, because there hadn't been any lives lost. Exactly. Uh, we basically yeah. did was fight. Yeah. There wasn't no passing by going 50 and yeah. shooting. Yeah. Killing you killed my brother. And yeah. Children and women and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You know, man, that's crazy, man. Yep. You know, so we fought. So there wasn't a lot of deaths involved. Mm -hmm. Right. And so. It, when we truce, when the coast truce, the, they truced at the same time Lincoln Park and Skyline mm -hmm, truce. Mm -hmm. And there was no deaths or anything between any of the right, sets right, at the time. Right. So it's easier to truce. So mm -hmm. nowadays, you know, people are like, you know, there's the truce and, and, and everybody then lost like 10 or 15 people. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, know, yeah. A lot, uh, lot of bloodshed. Yeah, yeah, you know, because, you know, I carried the first, I carried the casket of the very first person killed in gang-related mm -hmm. uh, violence between the Crips and Bloods in mm -hmm. San Diego, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I was a first in a lot of things. It's a lot of haters and stuff, <laughs> you know. They, people hate when you when you say, so I don't talk about a lot, lot of things, you mm -hmm. know. I, I talk about, like I just said, about how I lost a fight. Mm -hmm. I'd rather say I lost a fight yeah, than yeah, to sit in an interview and say, I beat somebody right, up. Right, you know, right, right. I won all of these fights. I ain't going to talk about none of those right. wins. And that's what Paul said. Uh, I boast know? on my weaknesses, you know. And, and, yeah, and rather you than, know, you I know, like for people to be able to relate to me, and I don't like to paint myself in this different picture. So mm -hmm. I always talk about things like that. Mm -hmm. when I talk about this. I don't talk about the W's, you know, when it comes to this. Because it's a very sensitive issue when it comes to the mentality of gang members. Mm -hmm. They're very sensitive, you know, to deal with, and they take things... You know, you you talk about a win. Now somebody considered that you bragging and stuff, and, right. you, and now you got to show him or something. You right. Know? So exactly. it's, it's a very very discretionary type of manner to to uh, deal to to uh, deal with that. But I started hanging with I was hanging with Daryl Ivory when I got kicked out the hood uh, because they uh, kicked me out of the school and they wanted me away from the Crips over there. So they sent me to a continuation school. Mm. And over there, I met my homeboy, Daryl, from the coast and Chucky, <laughs> and we start doing crazy stuff uh, together, but we just didn't go in each other's hood. <laughs> we were kind of like the first guys, man, that true. Cool with each other. But one night, we both did get caught in each other's hood. Mm -hmm. And you was played a part in this one. I don't uh, remember it, man. Daryl told me he needed to... <laughs> I remember good. 
Uh, Daryl needed to go see Poochie, uh, rest in peace, for something. Yeah. And he had to go pick something up or drop something off to him. And and I said, man, you know we ain't going to the coast, you know, the coast in the hood, you know we ain't. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, cool. come on. I said, Ben, we in a stolen car, man. We in a hot model. Mm-hmm. I'm not going I'm not gonna sit in a hot model and wait, man. So I'm going to go with you. But we walked around the corner, and you and Poochie was standing on my, this was like L Street, and it was down in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, like 20, down in the 20s. I don't know if one of y'all lived over By there. By LeVert, probably LeVert. No, they lived down down on, uh, what was it, uh, 22nd? They 20- lived on 22nd and L. But it, you know, all up down in twenty fifth and L, we hung out. Yeah, you know where the Lewises them yeah, live. Down in L mm-hmm. in, the, in the late to mid twenties or something over there. But yeah, he took me over there, and and you and Poochie was standing there talking, and uh, he walked up to Poochie and Poochie was like, "Hey, Daryl, what's up, man?" <laughs> and he looked at uh, at my other partner, you know, and, and he was from the coast too. He's like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And he, and he, he was like, what's up, man? He was like, he looked at the other cat. He was like, who is he? And he was like, oh, man, that's so-and-so. He's so-and-so people. And he's oh, okay, cool. He's like, who is he? And he was like, oh, that's my partner. <laughs> that's all he could say. You know, but he was like, hey, man, you know, your partner, who is he? Uh-huh. And I was like, man, I sure hope this brother don't ask the kill question. Because the kill question is, you know, yeah. where are you from? Uh-huh. And you know, back then, if you got asked that, you had yep. to say it. Yep. So yep. it was like, if he asked me where I'm from, I'm going to hit him with this neighborhood thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but it's, right. it's getting ready to happen. Uh-huh. You know, but he, he talked a lot and he roared a little bit, but he wouldn't <laughs> never ask me. He never asked me if I was from somewhere. And Daryl was like, hey, man, that's my partner, man. That's right. my partner. You was just standing there with just like a little smirk on your face. You was kind of like, oh, Poochie. I probably was whacked out or something. He was like, hey, Poochie, it's all right. I, I remember that. I remember Wacky Corn. And, and, you know, we used to hang. But uh, Daryl got his back. He came looking for me one night over Trey Dog's house mm-hmm. on 41st and Market Street. Well, I remember where he lived. Uh, yeah. And, and he and Trey Dog lived on 41st, and there's mm-hmm. about 20 of us over there. And I was inside of his house, and Daryl pulled up and said, Hey, man, can you guys go get Kirk, Kirk Dog for me? Mm-hmm. And they was, he said, Is Kirk Dog here? Something like that. And they was like, Who is he asking for Kirk Dog? And they was like, What you want with him? And he was like, uh, can, you go, can you get him for me? Call him for me. And he was like, For what? And he was like, who are you? And they rushed the car and they got into it. They had Daryl halfway out the car Man. and were pulling him. And he was able to hit the gas and pull off. And then Tradol came in his house huffing and puffing. He was like, hey, man, this dude just came out here, man. said he was looking for you, man. We have to chase him off, man. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you know him or what. I was like, when I went out there, I was like, oh, man, that was Daryl, you know, and, and everything. So... I was always pretty cool with uh, uh, quite a few people, so uh, you know uh, it got kind of hard for me to work it in, right? Uh, because I start running into a lot of people in the jails and prisons, they, and yeah. really in the jails and prisons is where I transitioned mm-hmm. uh, from gangs uh, because there was so much racial animosity right. there for black. What year was this? Uh, prison when you start going when you um, went to prison, start seeing oh, the transition. I was in Folsom. <laughs> I was in Folsom. Uh, back then, uh, Tehachapi, uh, 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 Pelican Bay wasn't built yet, mm-hmm. and but in all of these places, you know, I was experiencing racial conflict. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. it was everybody was against the black. Mm-hmm. Every time it was a riot, it was uh, Mexican against black, uh, 
uh, uh, white against black, mm-hmm. police against black, mm-hmm. you know, and and that was really sitting in me. How much time you know, did you I get? Was like, I, yeah, I, I really got upset about that. And I was like, you know, I was like, hey, you guys, man, let's handle this. And sometimes, uh, you know, a lot of brothers would be like, oh, man, no, but. And I'd be like, well, you know, if that was a brother, we wouldn't let it go. I mean, if it was Crips versus Blood, we wouldn't let, you know, the mm-hmm. Crips would be on the Bloods or the Bloods would be on the Crips. But these guys doing the stuff, you know, so we got to get them too. So I took it upon myself to to do all this retaliatory acts in prison. <laughs> and it led to me doing a lot of time in solitary confinement. I was shot uh, in prison. You, was, you were shot in prison? Pro- uh, huh? You, what you saying? You shot in prison? I, I was I was shot uh, up close with the riot gun, probably two or three times in, in prison with the thirty-seven millimeter. Man, I was pepper sprayed probably about ten times. I was sent to ADSEG. I was sent to solitary confinement, and finally, after a big race ride in another prison, I was sent to Pelican Bay. When it how much time did you do? Spent a, hmm? How much time did you uh, do? Ten years. Okay, uh, a little over ten years. Uh, okay. And what years was that? And a lot of it in solitary confinement. When I left Pelican Bay, they wouldn't really mess with me. All the, they only sent me to uh, maximum securities after that, and they would never sell me with nobody. <laughs> so when I did write the book, Cellmates and Cellmates, yeah, I was about the time when they did, they'd give me cellmates, but they stopped giving me cellmates. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they stopped giving me cellmates, and I stopped having them, and I let them know I'm not taking them anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, the solitary confinement kind of broke me in to a loner mm-hmm. uh, you know so i kind of basically felt like you know can't nobody uh come right and and here. and what years was you that I mean, that you, know? you did your, your 10 years uh, this was in uh in 1990 in, in 1990 i opened pelican bay after a major uh, race ride okay and uh they uh after being involved in so many racial conflict they deemed me uh they call it incorrigible okay okay <laughs> so they said i was incorrigible mm-hmm and they sent me to this new place mm-hmm. uh, called Pelican Bay, man. And it was hell, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. was it was a really crazy place, man. You know, it was mainly just all lifers there. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the shoe program was there uh, because they did something at other prisons. Uh, mm-hmm. They did some type of act of violence at another prison or were known uh, members of prison organizations, which mm-hmm. I was a member of a prison organization as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then they had to... Uh, the Black Gorilla Family. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard uh, they had the uh, Consolidated Crip Organization, mm-hmm. which I was a sergeant at arms mm-hmm. uh, for the CCO. Uh, they had the UBN, the United Blood Nation. Uh, the they had the Vanguards, which mm-hmm. was a black organization. Uh, several different Muslim factions, like the NOIs, and then they had a different Muslim uh, group too, who did mm-hmm. not have the same ideologies and whatnot. And uh, it was a lot of. Uh, recruitment going on and stuff in the early days man you know and uh you know and i I took part in it and i stood up on a racial thing uh started kind of appealing to me uh more than the gang thing because of the stuff i was seeing that was going on there right so after participating and doing all of this solitary stuff you know it was hard for me to uh it kind of ended my gang thing you know i started looking at the solitary confinement did I kind of uh, was that yeah 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 and, and looking at things more from a racial perspective and then real recognizing the system 
mm-hmm. in the prison industrial complex for what it was, how they was playing all of us, you know, Got you. fighting each other and yeah. everything, you know. Absolutely. All of it was just part of the plot, man, mm-hmm. you know, to keep us at each other's throats to take the focus off them. Right. And what they doing to us, man. Right. You know, and, and, and you know, how could you still, you know, do uh, uh, gangbang, man, after all of this type of adversity that's going on, not just from a racial aspect of the other prisoners, mm-hmm. but from the system itself playing mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and using us. And right. I don't want to be a part of that usury anymore, you know. So uh, I started writing and uh, I wrote like three or four books, yeah. actually, you know, the first the first one, um, the the my most major project I wrote twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I, I called it Crips and Politics, mm-hmm. but uh, I changed the name to Who's Left uh, because it's uh, it takes you through a journey of a whole lot of things from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. At the end, it's like Who's Left, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm releasing that book on Hood Day on four seven twenty one uh, mm-hmm. in a couple months, you know, on four seven. Uh, 21 uh, who's left so so what 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 year do you start seeing the trans transformation happen in your life uh, I started seeing it man uh, basically after I left uh, after I left the prisons and uh, after after the shoe program and then I did the, the I start seeing the mindset changing then, mm-hmm. but I still did like I grew dreadlocks. Gotcha. And, what year was and, that? And did all this in in the nineties. I grew okay. dreadlocks. I had dreadlocks all the nineties. Uh, they actually after I did ten years, and when my ten years was up, they didn't open my door <laughs> and uh, my cell door. And I said, "What's going on, man?" Mm-hmm. They wouldn't open. I had given away all of my stuff. <laughs> you ready to go? Go home, my, huh? My TVs, all that stuff. I'm waiting to go home. And, they didn't open my door, man, and uh, I was like, what's going on? And uh, later on, they slipped. They opened the doors for something, and I ran out, mm-hmm. and I seen the warden's uh, sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a black warden, and his sister was a staff in in the, uh, in one of the departments of uh, the paint painting. or She was like a handyman. She, she wore a, a, a belt. With two, she was, but she actually was the warden's sister. Oh wow! You know, okay. and uh, and I ran out and I seen her and I and she looked at me and she said, "Boy, what you still doing here? You're supposed <laughs> to be home." Cause we said our final goodbyes and mm-hmm. all that. I said they won't let me go. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Come on!" And she took me to the office. And when they seen her, mm-hmm. you know, there was the captain and all of them was like, "Oh, how can we help you?" She was like, "Why is he still here?" Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, "Because he wouldn't cut his hair." What? I said because he still has hair. He still has uh, dreadlocks. Everybody else cut their hair. The, the natives, the indigenous, <laughs> the, the natives, I really thought they was going to stand their ground on it. Mm-hmm. They all cut all their hair off. Wow. Everybody else, You're they like, I'm cut not cutting their hair. I said, man, I'm not, I'm not cutting my hair. Man. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, uh, and so uh, on the way out, I said, I'm still not cutting it. Mm-hmm. And, they, and she said, send them home on the bus. Right now, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, we don't have any buses right now, but we'll get them in front morning. And she came back and got me, and another uh, another corrections officer, a black man who had a uh, was cool and had given me a job in his department. Mm-hmm. He came and got me, and they walked me to that back gate, man, and see me out of there. How old were you uh, when you got out? Uh, How uh, old? That was, shoot, I was I was about. 
34, 35 years old. Okay. So you done with the banging stuff when you, when you, uh, when you got out? Yeah, I left in about 2001. Okay. And, uh, haven't been back since. And I had to, and, and I had my book then, Mm -hmm. uh, who's left Mm -hmm. that I had been working on and that was completed. But when I came home, it was so many life challenges that I had to deal with that I really didn't have time to, to do it. I put it on the back burner and then a lot of things had changed. And so I had to basically kind of rewrite the book, right. which I'm done now. And it's a brilliant book, man. And it's really, you know, a lot, it's a really a lot of information in it. It's, it tells the story of my life involving gangs, drugs, and the system and the prison industrial complex. And it mm-hmm. dissects or like details each subject matter, gangs, drugs, in the prison industrial complex. So I give a really heavy input on each uh, subject matter. I'm an OG. I mm-hmm. can tell this story. Right. You know, a lot of people, you know, they a lot of youngsters, they like to hear uh, crazy. They like to hear tough guy stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I did an interview before and everybody <laughs> was like, man, how come he ain't talking about the shooting on so-and-so street? What about the get-down gang and this and that? You know, hey, man. We already know about that. Exactly. I'm trying to lay down some other stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and it's about being responsible. How you said as an OG, uh, being accountable, man, for yeah. the things that you say, right? And uh, and what you talk about, because telling too many of them war stories yeah. go the wrong way, man. Yeah. With youth, man, it ain't cool. It's cool to tell a little bit, you know, in order to establish your credibility and all. But then after that, you have an obligation. Right. As an OG, to clear that up, man, right. and to smooth it out, man, with some with with some real stuff, you know. And exactly. You gotta, and even you, as a bishop, you know what the Bible says about the tongue, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, and watching what you say, yep. you know, because you can get you can trap yourself. Yep. You know, I did an interview uh, a, a couple years ago, you know, and uh, and and let some youngsters trap me in a question, you know, about another gang, you know, hey, was this gang ever do this or that? You know, I'm not supposed to answer questions like that because they're <laughs> questions that can cause conflict mm-hmm. and stir up dissension, mm-hmm. you know, that people mm-hmm. can use it to taunt other people exactly. with, you know, exactly. uh, what I'm saying. And it's just a perfect example of, uh, of uh, not allowing them to hear too much of what they want to hear, right, you right, know, right. And, and you giving them what, what they want because it's a, it's a sensitive subject and you got gang groupies out here mm-hmm. that's running around with gang members and they really think it's cool, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they playing this gang groupie stuff, you know, but there's no two ways to be in gangs. That's right. Uh, you, you in or you out. Thank you. And, and I know how they say neighborhood for life and, and all that. And that's the difference between claiming and banging, you know. Mm-hmm. Them is all my brothers, man, and all my people, man, you know. Mm-hmm. I love them guys, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, but I don't bang. Right. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to play half in between the fence on that either. Exactly. I'm not going to sit there and talk too much of that talk with them and promote it around them. Mm-hmm. And then when I get somewhere else, then I'm a different person. You right. Know? You got to stay the same person and you got to represent anybody who's transitioning right now, because there's a lot of people in in organizations and programs, but a lot of guys that's in these organizations and type of programs, you know, you know, they, they do good things in the community, but then they go back and to the homies and stuff and, and, uh, and hang out and, 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 and put themselves on the line. Because when you go back to the hood and you hanging on the corner, remember, 
you know, you can get caught up in one of them drive-bys at any time. That's right. And then the caption would be like, community ex-gang leader, <laughs> you know, was killed. Yeah. Oh, what a sad story. You know, this yeah. dude was for the community and everything, you know. But, got but caught he was up. still hanging out and stuff right. and, and stuff uh, with the homeboys. So I say like this, if you're going to be part of because you still got to keep your ties. I keep my ties with uh, all my homeboys, you know, uh, but there's a limitation on how much I'm going to hang and how much I'm going to uh, talk and tell these uh, uh, type of stories and what I'm going to promote. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in an organization that, 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 uh, that says I'm a former gang member, if I'm going back to my homeboys, then I would tell every organization, tell them, tell mm -hmm. all of your members to bring one of their homeboys back. Right. Right. You know, right. to us, like right. an AA meeting. Mm -hmm. You know, and let's, go let's, get yeah. somebody and bring them to the meeting next week or something, you know, right. otherwise, if you got the same gang members in the same doing the same thing and promoting the same, that's good for them. That's good what they doing. But you guys need to reach out to other people. So now after our meeting is over, then I would ask mm -hmm. each person to bring somebody next right. month and, and, and that person that you bring. Right. Next month is special. You have a That's comment. Like I just wanted to interject. Game. You have uh, uh, the ball game made a comment. Said I agree when you talk about the wars. He said the war stories can sometimes send the wrong message to these youngsters, and really don't want to do that. And not only that, but you know, um, uh, when you get to talking that stuff, you you say the wrong thing. You you open up an investigation on yourself too. You know, if if you have some unsolved stuff out there, so you got to be careful in the things that you say or something come up, pop up somewhere, you boasting about this and that and something pop up over there. Was, well, yeah, he was just talking about him shooting people, you know? And so, you know, there's some things nobody needs to know. Cause you on these, on these platforms, you have everybody watching and listening, you know, and, and will come in and view and download it and everything else, you know? And, um, so you do, you gotta be, uh, careful, not only from the perspective of youngsters, you know, here and unless you've already done time for it and things like that, but you know, you got to be careful from the youngsters. Don't want to send a wrong message to them, glamorizing it, and then on the other end, like you say, you start mentioning things that you've done uh, to someone or some set, then they get offended, reoffended, right? Again, like you know, right here, right now, like okay, you know, and 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 then you know, you have police out there, you know, waiting to hear something. They they got a case way back, might give it a cold case or whatever, and that they investigate, and then they hear somebody say something. Oh, okay, and they you know they investigate you three or five years before they. Go. So you got to be careful That's with true. you know so many ways uh, of being careful what you say and things like that, and for so many reasons and so on. A ball game also said, I do the same thing. When I kick it with these young people from the hood, I promote financial prosperity. He said, let, this is the ball game. He said, let Kurt know this is Michael Singletary. What's yeah, up? Hey, man? Mike. Hey, hey man, Mike. I, yeah, you know, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, I apologize, man, because I didn't recognize him because, you know, we all been through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Our lives been taking a, taking a lot of turns where uh -huh. we haven't seen one another in a long time yeah. and don't even know what each other's doing, you know, yeah. or where we're at. That's why I was glad to see him last week. Yeah. You know, I didn't recognize him, you know, I couldn't really see him and, and whatnot. But, man, a uh, uh, big shout-out, man, to Michael, man, you know. Stay up, my brother, and thanks for the support. Yeah, thanks but, for coming but, on. But, thanks but, for coming on, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. But, Bishop, you know, one thing is that uh, – one thing uh, that is good about the community is that when I came back into the community, and one thing that I would recommend all 
people coming back home, mm-hmm. especially for gang members or people who have done an extensive amount of uh, time. Right. I would recommend everybody at least inject themselves into community activism for mm-hmm. at least the first year. Right. I, I think everybody needs to get that year in. Even if you don't stay in it, get that year. When they get out, you say when they first get out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think when you come home, I think that you should be uh, not the hardcore. I'm, I'm not talking about, see, because what I did uh, years ago uh, when the uh, 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 Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. you know, and they was doing protests and I ran out there and jumped out there because, you know, we, 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 we put it down, man. We, right. We pretty much proactive and we get get all into this kind of right, stuff right you know but it's dangerous for us mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of us can't take the same positions uh, that a lot of people take out right, here right they don't know i've done I, because they think you don't know how down you are for something until you get tested that's right you don't know how much of an activist you are that's right or how much of a gangbanger you are until something happens. That's right. The activists, they think they about it. Armchair power to the people. <laughs> exactly. Until the police slam their ass down mm-hmm. and take them to jail and put a charge on their mm-hmm. ass. And mm-hmm. now they sitting there saying, man, I got my family. Might be looking at some long people. time, too. Then you're going to, yeah, and then you're trying to figure out, you know, how down you really are. Mm-hmm. And the same is with uh, gangs and prisons. You go there, you know, you're getting a ride, the police shooting this. Uh, Two hundred people on the and 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 you don't know how much you about it, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I've been about it. Right. I've been through all of that fire and still represented Amen. it. And and sacrifice really is the test of time. Right. On everything you claim you are. That's right. Is about sacrifice. If you don't have no sacrifice, man. You ain't you. You still ain't been tested, so you don't really know. I've seen activists get arrested, man, mm-hmm. for stuff and get thrown in jail. And the community might help bail them out, mm-hmm. but the community can't really take that charge off of them. That's right, and that follows you too, right? You know, and them strikes either. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So uh, uh, a person, a formerly incarcerated person, really have to watch what titles that they play, mm-hmm. and when it comes to doing activist uh, work. Uh, because we're different. Yeah. yeah. We're, our struggles are different. That's and right. Our consequences are a lot different. And that's, that's, uh, I'm sorry, go other, ahead. Other people. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's just different. So we yeah. have to be careful. Absolutely. And people have to be careful about what they ask us to do. That's right. Uh, as well. Because that's bailing right. me out of jail ain't shit. Mm-hmm. Because I have to go back to court next month. Right, you exactly. Know, you can't bail me out of that, you know. So That's we right. have to be careful and and, stri- and and be very strategic about what type of things that we do in the, in the community. Yeah, and and Michael Sing- Singletary said it's it's all good music, brother. Love you, Black. And and you know one of the things you know because I agree, and one of the things that um you know I because you know a lot of times so where the brothers at and you know where where the OGs and all that out here when when you protest and things like that one thing I'll say you know a lot of black men uh got records felonies on probation parole some type of way been impacted and they ain't about to go out there and get trying to rebuild their lives and, and like you said when you got out it was a struggle and so when you when you're when you're trying to rebuild your life and and stay out of the way and and these folks over here 
that don't have no record and, and, and or have a huge platform, even if they had a record, they still can succeed in life. You know, they don't understand that, you know, like with with a lot of our young brothers and brothers that that's been through the system and caught up in some kind of way and just being black, black men is real hard for you and hard for us. And um, and then you want to come out there and get caught up in a something criminal from the perspective of getting arrested and putting your body on the line. And and then if you know you left out in the cold, two or three years later, you're still yeah. suffering from it. You know what I mean? And then and, I sat, and then half of the time I sat there in 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 Pelican Bay, I didn't even get a letter. You know what I'm saying? It, it just you know I became a you know nobody uh, remembers you and, and and everything you know. And, mm-hmm. and that was another thing because if you're fighting for a cause, mm-hmm. you know the gratification comes. In. When I did and and when when I was down. That was cool. I went back every time, even after being shot. Mm-hmm. I was still like, "What they do? Whoa, brother just got stabbed. <laughs> Let's, Let's go. go." You know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready for that sacrifice mm-hmm. again because it was appreciated, and I felt like I was really uh, uh, doing something. Mm-hmm. And, and but now I just say that there's other ways. To, right. Uh, for when the revolution comes, call me. Amen. I'm, I'm for, for real, ch- yeah. You no, know, but don't put me learn how to use us right the correct way right uh, without putting us on the line because that's right because you bailing me out or writing me letters <laughs> and all that if i get buzz ain't gonna do nothing for me thank you you know what i'm saying because you 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 can you can get arrested <laughs> during the protest and go to jail but what's gonna happen to me is they're gonna they're gonna take me down there and then they're gonna see who i am and then they're gonna say hey man say he threw a bottle on a rock at you. Mm-hmm. Say he threw a bottle, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna say he threw a bottle, assault with a deadly uh, weapon, and, and, and you know, and, <laughs> and over exactly, man. Now, now uh, the ball game. Mike Singer said my first riot in the pen happened in Laguna, uh, Laguna Yard in Ch- Ch- in Chino. It shocked me, but what shocked me more was my willingness to ride. That's when I knew it was of no consequence to me who um, who I got down with prison mentality and yeah absolutely and you know the thing that you know uh, when I think about when you think about this and what people don't understand is we're looking at um you know especially being former gamers but if you still like if all they have to do is get one picture like you went to the park today and they can have that under surveillance or wherever you went you saw some of the homies and they take a picture of you being there right Right. hanging out with these guys or whatever it was even though you just coming through you know, not riding, right. not active. You don't have to. You can be yeah. not active. But if you're doing that and then you go out here and you're with a couple of them and then uh, uh, some of y'all together and you, you're protesting something, but you 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 do something criminal, you'll move, even if it's a misdemeanor, you'll move from a misdemeanor to a felony. And then they got these enhancements. And then they talk about gang conspiracy, participation in a gang and all these other different times. Right. Then you're looking at gang charts, uh, enhancements, and all these different things that, that pop up where I'm, I'm just protesting for what uh, for, for uh, justice, you know. And so exactly. folks don't understand that and don't realize that, you know, hey, you know, we got to be careful in the way we ride, you know, and, and the way we, right. the way we do we things, do. you know, and, and putting and our it, bodies on the line like that. It's completely different. And it's just like the disparities with white and black, how they get treated differently. Mm-hmm. Then it's an extra on us because mm-hmm. we have more things going on with us uh, uh, where it's different. So I ride, that's why I ride now with all of us or none. Amen. Uh, you know, because Amen. We, 
we 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 change things through bills and initiatives and ballot measures and stuff things that could really change and help people you right know? right changing policies uh changing policies and stuff you know so i'm gonna right throw that now, on up there so people in- can see uh uh all of us and i know you gave me the logo let me see if we can yeah. stretch that out a little bit if you could see that can can folks see that there you go yeah yeah <laughs> so that's yeah. it right there yeah. all of us are none that's, that's it. and so yeah. and so we're black and brown uh with black and brown group we have whites in the group uh mm-hmm. you know but we we are majority of black and brown group of formerly incarcerated uh people from all over uh the united states and we fight for things to change things for formerly incarcerated people you know we uh, did ban the box? You know, mm-hmm. we led the successful ban the box, which took off a job application. Right. The question: Have you ever been convicted of a felony? Mm-hmm. You know, t- taking it off, ban the box. You know, we shoot for a thing. Prop seventeen that we just, uh, you know, went went to war to pass. Uh, you know, to allow right. uh, people on parole uh, the right to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right now we in an involuntary servitude mm-hmm. in the prisons, you know, to stop them from forcing people to work in exchange for their freedom. Right. Uh, especially when you, as a black person, it's traumatic. If you know your history to have to work, to be set free, it's attached to slavery yeah. and the whole prison industrial complex is blueprinted in slavery. Right. Everything they do from the bus rides and the shackles, it's just, it, it was a ship ride, but, but now it's a bus ride. Exactly. You know, the shackles, the work in exchange for your freedom, mm-hmm. you know, all the different types of things that they do that uh, associated uh, to, to, to slavery are all blueprinted yep. in the prison industrial complex. Yeah, uh, um, you know? um, uh, the the 13th, you know, amendment, you know, dealing with slave, 13th, dealing with uh, slavery, you know, for um, yeah. you can... You can imprison a person and enslave them for the you know punishment of a crime. So then, what they do exactly. is they criminalize our communities, right? And that's one thing Michael Singletary is saying is that we have to change the legislation of those laws, right? Because what happens is when you talk about uh, us and and um, uh, the charges and how they charge it, they criminalize you first, right? They, oh, they they come with the Step Act, which was 1988. Uh, street street um, uh, terrorism enforcement prevention act right and that's dealing with documented gang members enhancements and gang crimes and all that and so then they set up a gang database and and then they uh, over police the community have you on a heavy surveillance state and they they um uh they they classify us differently the way they classify white folks right white gangs whatever hate group this and that but us over here is straight up you know uh, uh street terrorism or get street gang and so now Absolutely. when you commit a crime, you commit a robbery and 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 now they can use all these in hand because you're documented as a gang and participating in a game. You're doing it for the benefit of the gang and all these different type of things. So you can look at two years, three years, four years, five right. years, and what they call that the, the 10, 20 to life, even if you have a gun. And so so exactly. it become crazy the way they, they these law and like you said, these laws are are based on uh imprisoning and putting in slavery black people and black men. There are more exactly. black men in prison in America than there are women around the world. And, of course, we know 40 percent of the prison population, as I always say, in America are, are blacks and most of them are black men. So, you know, we got to switch, shift that and change that, man. That's what I appreciate about all of us and none, man. They, they really doing it. They got it. Uh, uh, um, 
Proposition 17, you know, uh, now brothers can vote. And they need to know that. So share a little bit about that parole. So people, because I talk to folks all the time that's, you know, especially when they was on probation, they said, man, you know, you can vote, bro. Oh, no. And even when people get off, they think they still can't vote because they got a felony. And, and they don't realize it. But we want to share a little bit about that. Can you hear me? Right. And it, exactly. And that's why we and that's why we work to change it, because people were not aware of it. So uh, I had a food giveaway, a food drive that I did last year before the uh, 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 on, on, uh, on October 31st. Mm -hmm. But for those months leading up to it, I educated the public. I went and passed out flyers and talked to people, you know, in the communities and and everything that had the highest uh, percentage of uh, uh, justice impacted people, mm -hmm. you know, to educate them about uh, what we were doing, you know, mm -hmm. because people uh, don't know. I'm not a big fan of uh, presidents and all, but I'm a fan of initiatives and ballot measures. Right, you know? right, right. And, uh, and, th and that's uh, that's uh, the Mayor Todd Gloria. That's, right. Uh, uh, Dor Dorsey Nunn uh, with the hat on. He's the co-founder of, of All of Us or None. Right. A founder slash co-founder. Cool brother, too. Older brother? Cool, man. Huh? I said Dorsey, man. He's a cool brother. You know, he's he's you know he's doing a lot of great things, but still humble. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He he's on everything, man. He mm -hmm. called me yesterday. I spoke with him yesterday. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's on the Thirteenth documentary, uh, the Thirteenth too. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, and that's Dennis Charles on the other side of me, Doctor Dennis Charles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he been he actually introduced me to all of us or none about seven eight years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and he's. He's uh, I'm, we finished and editing my book because he brought a lot of things uh, to my attention, you know, mm -hmm. uh, things that I may need to touch on in order to uh, make the book a little more significant. Got you. Uh, you know, and I, and I was glad and, and, and very receptive uh, to to his advice on that. And that's part of my uh, uh, being part of a community activism, uh, mm -hmm. because I, like I said, I can't stress it enough. Everybody who gets out should get into community activism because it teaches you about yourself and it gives you other things to fight for besides uh, 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 besides sets and streets right. and, and everything. It gives you meaningful things to fight with. And that's me and the founder of uh, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. You know, what I like so much about this picture is that uh, I would probably never get the opportunity to take another picture with her now because she's they so hard. You know, back then, uh, Black Lives Matter had just really started. But, you know, she's she's the creator. She's the one who made the slogan Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. But her roots, uh, people don't know, are in San Diego. Mm. You know, she went to UCSD. Didn't know that. You know, uh, before she started Black Lives Matter, she was a, she went to UCSD. And she went to school out here, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, before she left. And and, uh, and that's when she first came down to, uh, to San Diego to speak again uh, after Black Lives Matter had just started. And I, and I introduced myself to her and she and she uh, told me, you know, uh, while she was speaking, she she said, hey, you don't leave. She said, I want to meet you, uh, you know, be before you leave. Don't don't leave. Right. And I said, I'll wait. I'm waiting, you know, and and uh, and after she gave her lecture and stuff, her and I met, man, and took a picture. I gave her a copy of my book and Kim Moore took this picture. Oh, OK. Which I really wanted her I in know the Kim. picture, too. Yeah. That would have been like really classic. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
you know, this is what I start doing. I became involved in activist work because a lot of uh, a lot of the people involved in activists in these community groups, you know, they are very they're educated and learned mm-hmm. about the political aspects of what we have been a part of. Right. We're the lived experience and they're the ones who can break it down and explain it how we were a part of this right. without knowing. It's right. like I was involved in a bad relationship mm-hmm. and people are looking and saying, man, you, you need to leave her, you know, <laughs> you need to leave the system. You mm-hmm. need to leave the gangs in the yeah. prison. Yeah. You need to leave her and I'm in it. Right. So I can't really see how bad it's doing me, you know, and, but I always got somebody on the outside looking in who can, and that's where they're good at. And the lived experience, we educate them on how things really are because they don't know. Uh, because they haven't lived it. Uh, Certain people I don't like are the people who are educated Mm -hmm. because they think that their education will just, they don't really need lived experience. Mm -hmm. You know, they feel some, some of them feel that they can talk to a couple gang members (laughs) and, and like they have it all down. They don't need, man, I see that so much. I'm in, I've got these guys in my corner. They gang members. They know what they, talking about then they try to talk like they they from the streets and and they might you might grow up and know some people but you ain't really from the streets you know right, and that's exactly. part of the problem some of them are not really and the thing is if you wasn't there you just wasn't there I'm that's right i was there exactly I'm not a super crib <laughs> i'm not a super crib mm-hmm. but one thing that sets me apart from you from from them mm-hmm. is i was there exactly and that i'm an og and mm-hmm. i was there and I call it how I see it. You right. don't know. Right. You go and buy stuff that you heard of. Exactly. And I don't care. You can study history of gangs. We was writing the history. Want, but if you wasn't there, <laughs> yeah. you don't know nothing, man. That's so you right. can gather up all your information from all these guys on the street. And you might get a couple OGs to talk to. But mm-hmm. remember, everybody has their own story. That's right. And see things different ways. That's so right. So stay in your lane. Uh, when it comes to lived experience yeah. in your education, because you know your education is cool, but it's only good if it's with my lived experience. Right. You like a car, and I'm the gas. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we both can't get nowhere without each other. Got to work you together. Put gas in the car, it ain't gonna move. So That's we right. both just sitting up gas over here in the car right there. That's right. the lived experience and the education. We got to come together, man, to keep to get it moving. That's right. That's right, man. That's I, and, you know, that's right. You know, so uh, yeah. Um, Michael Cemetery said, "Yes, yes, we were there." Uh, Ronald Simpson, brother Ronald Simpson said, uh, "Really, Elder Ronald Simpson said, uh, this is real talk.'" And 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 absolutely. So so, what is going on now? As far as like, I, you're doing a lot of great things. And so, what uh, is anything going on with all of us or none? Uh, and as far as the work you're doing here in San Diego, whatever you can talk about, you know, because I know there's something still in the making. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because there's something I'm doing that's really big right now that I'm not uh, talking about. I've had several right. meetings. I've met with, I've been meeting with people in office, in offices. <laughs> I've been touring uh, facilities. I've been meeting with people in offices. I've been up to like 10 Zooms a week. I've been appointed a top advisor on on some uh, on some policy changes that's being made for formerly incarcerated people. If I can get this, I have something major coming up. I'm not going to even say, but like you're right, uh, Bishop. Sometimes people, man, it's, I hate to say, but even there's people who are like 
haters that'll sabotage you or either try to get involved in something you've already did the groundwork mm-hmm. on instead. and hijack it. I've, I've, I've been working, I've been busting my ass for the last year trying to put something into effect. Mm-hmm. And I've done the groundwork. I've connected with the people. The people love me. I'm all in there. I'm not going to get on Facebook <laughs> and start talking and showing. I don't take pictures every time I meet with somebody right? and stuff, you know. I, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want somebody to look and say, hey, man, we can get involved in this, man. Let us let me call that contact person mm-hmm. and see how we can get involved, and too. Hey, you right guys in. need extra people. We could do this and that. You know, That's it's not like do. I'm trying to be a glory, uh, absorbed glory or nothing. It's just that uh, the, the realistic way of looking at things is that there's haters out there and that there's people who are opportunists right. and who try to latch on to you mm-hmm. and to present things that it, off of your ideas. Right. You know, they yeah. try to work and work things off of you. And I don't like saying things before they happen and talking about things because then if you talk about it and you pump it up, then a, a month later, people are going to be like, hey, man, whatever happened with that? Mm-hmm. It, they're going to feel like you let them down because right. it didn't happen, you know? Right. So I, I'm just trying to get the work done. <laughs> That's right. Get it done. And, and just, you know, and, and I'm just trying to do the work, brother, you know, and, and, and be involved in, 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 the, uh, in that way. And man. making it happen. And it's really working. We, I am doing a lot of things. All of us are none. Like I said, it's right now doing involuntary uh, uh, servitude to abolish that. Uh, for California, is that right on the ballot? Or they're trying to get it as, as on in as on as a bill in legislation. Is that on the ballot that we're going to vote for, like a proposition, yeah, or are they trying to get it? it on there? Okay, yeah, we're pushing it on there right now. Uh, Dorsey j- just uh, called me because actually initially uh, he got at me about it, but I passed it to Doctor Dennis Charles, of course, because he's the author of the book Slaves of the State. Yeah, he's exactly. The author of exactly. the book Slaves of the State. <laughs> You know he's the go-to man. He's a doctor uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he's a college uh, university professor, and he's very well uh, informed on mm-hmm. that subject matter. And he loves it, and he's passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And plus, I was doing something of what I'm doing right now, and it requires all of my focus and attention. So uh, I passed uh, I, uh, I passed that opportunity up to be a part of that uh, to to uh, Dr. Childs mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and yeah, we do, that's going to happen. I, I'm really uh, feeling real good about that, you know? Right. So, so, yeah. you know, when, when it comes to one of the things that I know we're, we're working on now and we'll see what happens um, in a few months, but we've been working on, you know, we've been trying to do this work as far as dealing with violence, gun violence prevention and uh, uh, gang intervention, things like that, doing a lot of work on that, man. Um, what do you think we we need to do in regards to um, really trying to change um, the playing field, you know, in regards to how this gangbanging thing is going, you know, with all the violence, how can we turn that around and bring some, you know, some, for lack of a better term, peace treaties and, and have these guys, even if they just agree, you know, hey, we don't have to have no peace treaty, but we agree to, to give each other passes, you know, and not, uh, 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 like we talked about that season of peace, really, you know, I, I, I would like to see, you know, everybody's going to do their thing, but I'd like to see us come together on that from the perspective of in our own lanes, wherever we are, 
begin to have those conversations and work with these these youngsters that we're around have access to to really shift their thinking right from this gangster mentality to a uh, a responsible behavior you know so that you know won't get killed won't end up in prison and can live a productive life what do you think we do you got any ideas of what we need to do or what we can do i think we got to make it the, the end thing to do okay and the cool thing to do right in the social in the socially uh, right thing to do, but the end thing, you know, because people out here are trend followers and uh, they follow what's in, 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 in the end thing to do. We got to make it the end thing to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, every time there's a commercial on TV, it's playing it to your side. Right. You know, they're like, they have masterminded these ads and TV commercials to show us you know, how to pull people in and how to make things cool. Right. Look at the Popeye's chicken sandwich, man. <laughs> Something that's been sitting around for years, man, that that just popped up all of a sudden and got everybody a part of it, you know, and and, and everything. It's like, it's, a, it's, it's psychological uh, factors involved in, 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 in forming society's opinions and mindsets on, on things. We can make it the cool thing to do. Yeah, we got to do that. Uh, and uh, however way that we got to become a trend, to make it that everybody wants to be a part of something. You know, back in the civil rights era when the nation of Islam was was doing their thing, man, they recruited so many people when they saw the unity of how those brothers was together and doing their thing. Everybody wanted to be in. It was like, man, I want to be a part of that. You got to make what we're doing the cool thing to do okay. we got to make it the right thing to do and uh we we have to make it a cool thing to do we also have to we have to get our women involved see because a lot a lot of these guys the women actually attract guys mm -hmm. uh, to things mm -hmm. and that's why it's important to have the women involved in things and to into and to reach other people too but right now it's kind of like some gender war stuff that I see that's not cool. I see people taking credit based on gender now instead. Yeah, I have an so issue with people, that too. And let me just like, say this right quick. You know, hold your thoughts because I want to make sure I get these, these comments in here. Hold your thought real quick. But uh, yeah, yeah. Tina Luckett said, uh, she said, know where your experience can best be used and apply it, apply there. Uh, you uh, you speaking out is powerful. Leave the protesting to those who can. Uh, but my brother, don't say call me when the revolution starts because we we got to get there. <laughs> I love these interviews. My hats off to to all. Keep up the good work. <laughs> there you go. Any 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 follow up yeah, on that? Right, that's right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, you're right. We got to bring it. We mm. got to bring. We got to get it. You're right. We got to get it to to the revolution. You know. Yeah, and you know that's that's my thing, man. Is there. is is like you know when we think of revolution we think violence right and and you know we you know the malcolm x scenario by any means necessary and you know i you know i'm not a violent person but i do believe in revolution and i believe that you know radical change i believe that you know it starts with us and i believe agree with my sisters it starts right here right now you know what i mean and 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 we we, you know, you know, we talk about, are you ready for the revolution? And and I don't know, have you seen, um, um, what is it, Judas and the Black Messiah? I think it's called. No, I haven't. Um, I've heard about. I've been I hearing, saw it. I've been hearing about it. I haven't had the time to 
Yeah, yeah. I am a revolutionary. That's what I'm, I'm, and, and, you know, think about it. You know, this is one of the things I talk about all the time is when you look at people like Frederick Douglass, uh, Nat Turner, um, uh, uh, Sojourner, so, uh, um, um, Sojourner Truth, uh, Harriet Tubman, you know, um, so now Nat Turner took it to his revolution violent way. Right. And that's the way he felt he was led. Uh, the violent way, but Frederick Douglass was trying to, you know, ch change the laws and things, but he got to a place where he was thinking that, I don't know, you know, it's going to take some violence for the, for us to change this thing around, right? And, of course, Civil War came. But Sojourner Truth, like, checked him, right? right? She said, hey, you know, is God still alive? You know, because if God is still alive, God is still in this, and God can, can, can do it, right? And so everybody plays their role in this process, and I know, like, with me, I truly, you know, believe that we got to radically transform and change the system. And I know people are not going to like what I'm about to say. But one of the things that I think part of the problem is, is that we praise and lift up and idolize these white folks more than we um, uh, celebrate our own blackness and our own people, especially like you're talking about the division between black men and black women, instead of celebrating each other and 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 lifting up each other and helping each other and praising each other, we'll, we'll, we'll go crazy over somebody like Bernie Sanders, who I think is a racist too. And I know people going to go like that, but he just as racist <laughs> anybody else out there when it comes to that. And so and have his white privilege and everything else, he can talk about his socialism and everything else. But, but when we get there, where will blacks be? Right. And, and so, cause he ain't thinking in terms of uplifting black people. He's talking about everybody and all this fairness. There can't be no, like, uh, um, my sister, Air uh, Mick, was saying, you know, there can't be you, you before you talk about equality, you got to talk about equity. Right. And because black people are on the bottom, even if you start with quality, we still going to always lag. If you lifting everybody up, uh, uh, black people are still going to be behind. Let's bring equity first and then we can do equality. Right. And, and, and so a lot of these guys, they're not talking about they not because this is a racist society and they do not want to talk about equity because equity means right. you got to deal with the black people in America. You got to deal with that first. And that's what they don't want to deal with. They talk about everybody, right. for everybody, this for everybody. Okay. That's fine. But sooner or later you're going to have to deal with. So when you say reparation, they all get scared and get mum. That show you how racist thinking they are. So I, I'm sorry, but that's just, that's just the way I see it. If we, really going to be far people and talk about revolution you can't talk about no revolution praising these white folks that really don't care about black people like they right. should you know we got to come and together ourselves like like i said i'm not a big fan of that at all you know i'm into my you know i'm more so a ballot measure and initiative type person you know because when it comes to these thank guys, you waiting on somebody to and, and to change something nobody come us, to save us you know and having these great white hopes and thank you and stuff man Ain't none of that, man. That ain't happening, man. You know. Thank so, you. So you know, we 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 do, man. We got to uh, we got to uh, uh, pursue our own thing, but we got to do it together, man. We can't be separate. I mean, when, That's when right. all of our brothers back in the civil rights back when all of our brothers, uh, Malcolm, uh, uh, Martin, Elijah, Marcus Garvey, all of these people, and, and uh, even Jesse Jackson, whoever was mm -hmm. part of organizing the people organized the people right. they didn't organize men or women right they organized everybody everyone thank you uh, together thank you they celebrated everyone's achievements if i go on facebook i can see black girl magic all day exactly you know exactly when when they just had this this sister tessica brown that they're calling some gorilla 
Blue Girl, mm. which is very offensive. Oh, I saw something on that. It's yeah, ridiculous. But a uh, but a uh, but a black man uh, was the only one that reached out to help her and who successfully got it out of her hair. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's not Thank even you. been one post. I about saw that. Yeah, hair. yeah. And 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 not even the media haven't even said, and they're still calling her Gorilla Glue Girl and trying to get interviews with her on TMZ and all of this. But there's not even a mention of a brother because the hospitals couldn't even help her. And he helped her, yeah, yeah. No hospitals could help her because they didn't want to. They wanted to let her suffer this, you know, because if some little white girl came to them Mm -hmm. crying Mm -hmm. with her little white girl tears, they would have got that shit out of her hair (laughs) the same night. But they said nobody could help her. But a black man reached out with no, didn't ask for any money Mm -hmm. or anything, paid for her to come up there, successfully did did the procedure, Mm -hmm. and saved her hair on top of that. That's right. I saw that. I saw that. I ain't seen one post. I ain't seen one post Mm -hmm. about him. Well, I saw a brother brother post it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a brother that posted it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so. And that's dangerous because now you're celebrating, you know, uh, gender stuff, man. Right, and, and we, and we, yeah, and we, we should be, be unified, man, on that one. Yeah, and we, we should straighten that one. You know, we're gonna be in some serious right, trouble exactly. Because you know, these people on the outside looking in, they're opportunists. They're already working on us already. If you look at TV commercials, you'll see black women with white men. You know, in the brand new car commercial, a mm-hmm. white man driving with a black woman with a mixed kid in the in the car seat. A TV commercial of uh, uh, some uh, some fabric softener. A black right. woman waking up in bed with a white man under mm-hmm. some really mm-hmm. smell good sheets mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, they they working <laughs> with us on this already. <laughs> All the time. Anyway. See, All the they, time. They working this, yeah. man. Yeah. And, you know, and then they've got the gender stuff going on too bad and uh yeah yeah we got to stop that that bothers me a lot that we don't even see yeah right now yeah yeah we got to <laughs> stop that man it's coming but if it ain't corrected we in a whole bunch of trouble that's man. how they divide us and, that's how they divide us and we really gotta uh you know i think we got the wrong people that folks are looking up to that's leading the way and we got to quit looking at these celebrities and public figures uh, uh to be leaders it's that yeah. grassroots it's us all of us down here on the grassroots but we got to wake up some of these organizations that you know make it trying to make it seem like they're the, the 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 organization the grassroots organization of the community and and when they're following the lead of white supremacy right even though they are call out white supremacy but you're like you're part of that white supremacy and you promoting that white supremacy and so on you'll celebrate this old white guy before you celebrate people right in the community that you know that is down there working hard and, and doing way more than this person ever did for this community and so on and, and people follow what it what it, well, what honey, is what is trending yeah yeah, what I've seen in my stay of in, in is being a part of community work and stuff is that I've never went to school. I don't have a college degree. You know, I have to sit back sometime and and uh, and allow other people to give me their 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 uh, knowledge about things from an educational perspective or a political perspective. You know, uh, in in that way, and I have to trust that they know. But at the same time, I've seen money 
uh, come into play, and I've seen the people sell out yeah. of their values uh, when it when it uh, comes to money. Money does always uh, start changing people. Everybody's yeah. really passionate about things until they start getting paid for it. Right, right, exactly. And <laughs> you know, they start getting, they, they're passionate about it until you start paying them for it. And then it, it it becomes a business instead of a service. Thank you. And and, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because, like, with all of us are none and with what I'm doing through with uh, a Shafat Outreach and things like that, our church, you know, we all want to try to get funding to bring resources in so we can do the work and stuff because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. But we don't compromise our values. You know, we don't, we don't compromise our integrity. We don't become unethical. Or greedy, right? You know, uh, just you know, because we want money and so on, and we got to make sure that. And one of the things that I've seen, and I was talking with a group today, is because you know, uh, the mayor Todd Gloria, uh, who you took, uh, you, the, the guy you was in the picture with. Yeah, let me, I took a picture. Let, with let me let me throw that okay. back up. Let me see. Do you I know, still? I, I was I, there for the picture, man. I don't even know the dude. <laughs> no, I, but I I, I just there. wanted to. Let me see if if I still have. You know what? I walked away from the picture. <laughs> When he came and got in the picture, I walked away, uh -huh. and they came and called me back. But I, I walked away because I just didn't know who he was, right? And I didn't know who I was taking a picture with, right? And I didn't want to be in a picture with somebody that I didn't approve of, or that somebody who I felt might have a very low approval rating in my community, right? He said, "Let so me be careful he here." In, I walked. I was gone. I had walked away. Uh, one of, I think Dennis called me back to that. To that picture. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> I said, hey, man, come because, on. <laughs> and I'm not saying he's the bad man. I mean, I really yeah. don't know because nope. I don't really know the politics. Right. Of, uh, in, in all, I don't really. Let me throw the, the picture back up, though. Do you uh, see the picture? Do you see the picture up there again? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So, and, so, and I, yeah, I so. walked away. Yeah. And I think I'm smiling because of that. <laughs> because they called me back. Look I'm at that look on his face. <laughs> yeah, because they called me back. You said, man, I want to be getting back. caught up. <laughs> and they called me back. And I was smirking like, hey, man, I'm not. Uh, what, who is this yeah. guy? You know, he's the, he's the new mayor. Guy, but, but here's the thing I want to say, though, uh, about right. Mayor Todd Gloria and, and, our, and the black community, right? You know, one of the biggest problems we have in our community is over-policing, right? And, you know, we're trying to transform that, change that, get a city ordinance called Protect, Preventing Over-Policing Through Equitable Community Treatment to end the pretext stops, to end them profiling a person because they're a gang member or they think they're a gang member or because they're on probation or parole. Uh, we, the only way you can stop a person is by probable cause. And that means, like, if you stop me for a taillight, then, you know, uh, stop me for that. Don't start questioning that. You can search my car and all these other type of things. So we want to get this passed because every – when you look at all the different – uh, audits that were done on policing in San Diego, whether it was the, the SDSU audit report, whether it was Camping Zero did their audit report, whether AB uh, 953, uh, which uh, Voice of San Diego, the the Union Tribune, NBC7, all of them did audits and came up with the same thing, that black people are being over-policed, over-stopped. And even when you talk about black folks being arrested, uh, uh, when you look at black people versus black, uh, whites and, and Latinos or Hispanics, black people are arrested 122, per one, 122 people per 1,000. Hispanics are arrested 34 people per 1,000. Whites, I think it's around 31 to 32 people per 1,000. And then 
when you look at that, you look in the county jails, we make up 5% of the county in San Diego, but anywhere between 23 to 27% of the folks that are in county jail are black people, right? So we're, uh, we're and then you go to prison, it's the same thing. And so it all starts with policing and over policing our community, right? They don't, they don't police the white community like that. They don't pull over everybody. If they did, they'd find drugs, they'd find guns, they'd find all kinds of stuff. And, and so the mayor here, you know, I've been you know, like saying, hey, you need to like do something about this. You you taking pictures with black folks like right here and you you set up a, a, a panel, your black advisory board. But yet you didn't you don't even want to change the the uh, uh the, the city ordinance so that we can stop police from over policing us and mistreating us. Right. So so. These community organizations, a lot of them stood still stood with him and stood with some of these other folks, but they won't call him out. They won't call him out, right? I don't know if because of money or because uh, they got a seat at the table or whatever. Because like somebody told me, sometimes even when you're at the table, you're still on the menu. You know what I mean? Because they say you're either on the menu or at the table. Even just because you think you're at the table, that don't mean that you still might be on the menu. They, they, you know, just that. You don't have that. Don't mean you got power. Because you're at the table and so on. So we got to like start speaking out in, in a united voice. That's the only way they're going to listen. Like me, I speak out all the time, but I'm just one voice in the in the midst of the thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of, of people, the thousand people that's in San Diego. Black people have to call this mayor out. And say, hey, and, and black, brown, because they and the Spanish, they impacted by it too, and 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 and, and Asians, Pacific Islanders, they and, and our white allies, right? You know, we need them too, but we need to really be more vocal. And folks are scared; they are scared to call him out. They are scared to deal with him, and so on. And yes, I'm trying to get things done too through funding and resources, but not at the cost of selling myself out, money. right? Take whatever one. Money. I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars because of who I am and speaking out for uh, what I believe in. So that I can never be bought. And so I'm going to continue to speak out, but we need everybody to do that. So I just wanted to drop that in there because we need to make sure that we hold in that gentleman, Todd Mayor Todd Gloria, accountable for the way the black community is being treated. You know, you could talk all this other stuff, but if you ain't addressing this this first responder stuff, if you're not dealing with that and addressing that, then we got a problem. And so it's the police unions that that control these guys and 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 the community if the community come together, we can put pressure on him. So I just wanted to, just, to drop that and throw that picture back up. Not so much to, to talk about you taking a picture with him. That they, I took pictures of all kind of different kind of folks, right? So that ain't nothing. But I, I'm just, I just want to see this gentleman here, Todd Gloria, Mayor Todd Gloria, well, that's true. who who's he's neglecting a, he's, the black community. The, the, the police, the police work for him. He's their boss. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he's the mayor. He's their boss. That's right. So. That's right. That's so, right. So, so that's true, you know. Yeah, yeah, they, absolutely. They, they need to hold hold them hold them accountable. But like I say, you know, you're right, man. That money, it uh, it, uh, it 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 uh, compromises people, you know, in in ways that. <clears throat> that's why some people say, man, I don't want to be rich. I want to be able to get by. I'm, I'm afraid mm -hmm. that this money is going to change me, you know, and. Uh, we just have to be mindful of it, right, uh, right? You know, now we get all this funding, and uh, but then now we become puppets. Exactly. <clears throat> and exactly. I've been part of things mm -hmm. that started out really good when we were broke, <laughs> and 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 working for the people. But then uh, these political opportunists will see something that you're doing grassroots, 
and want to jump in on it and want to be a part of it. So now they want to throw a little money in it. But then soon as they do that, you know, they want to have some say so in how mm-hmm. things are done. That's right. So they'll throw a little money there. They'll say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and give you a, a couple hundred thousand, whatnot, but I need you to make sure you do this every That's so right. often. And be quiet. <laughs> like I was saying about the interracial thing on the TV. Right. And people like uh, Tyler Perry and the black producers and stuff, you know, uh, people think that they're doing something, but they're controlled by the powers that be. That's right. So the powers that be that do the, like the interracial thing, they'll tell Tyler Perry, man, here, yeah, do your shows. And you can do all the shows you want as long as, is you put a black woman in bed with a white man on every episode or every other episode you can continue doing it. Now there goes got, the, yep. even the black producers putting putting white dudes with, with, with black women mm-hmm. and because they have to abide by the racist agenda of their bosses, you know, in those positions and mm-hmm. because they've sold out to them. Right. And uh you have to abide and you have to fulfill their agendas and stuff. Right. So now, so now we looking at BET, and we still seeing black women sleeping with white men, mm-hmm. and wondering how mm-hmm. and why. Right. But because capitalism mm-hmm. has, uh, you know, uh, capitalism is just a prime example of how capitalism has has worked to, to against. Uh, black bodies right. in the sports and entertainment industry to Amen. control black bodies mm. and to profit off of them, right. you know, in those ways, you know. So, so they still get to push their agenda, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and then everybody says, hey, look at these big producers, but uh, look what they're doing. What they're doing, you know, is right. Exactly. They're getting that money and they don't want to let it go. Amen. So, uh, uh, Nita Banks, thank you. Say, you say, you say, I'm listening. Thank you for listening. And and you also, uh, Nita Banks also said, God's good. I get excellent inputs from your Zooms. It is a learning lesson and a blessing. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for tuning in. And everybody that's on here and or come on, please share this. Share this and let's get the word out. And let's, uh, uh, you know, we got to put the pressure on the folks that uh, we're dealing with. So, you know, um, in closing, you know, I, I just want to give some closing words. Any final thoughts, anything else you want to say before we close on out? Hey, man, uh, I pretty much said that, you know, one of the main things is to my people, as you know, all of us are none works with formerly incarcerated people and their families. And so to my formerly incarcerated brothers, you know, uh, become involved in active in, in some form of activism. Uh, a lot of the groups and stuff, you know, I've, I've been turned off by people and 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 but you know get your get your uh educational community work and get involved in community work because it gives you something else uh to fight for uh, something else with meaning you know let the community activists teach you you know about uh give you a little history and and make you a little more involved in your community and uh, i think that's how you get back to your community you know, because learn and uh, go out and do like brothers do, like you, like they told me. You know, hey man, start but humble yourself. Right. Go collect donations or pass out leaflets mm-hmm. and stuff, and talk to the people that way. But learn about yourself through uh, community activism and learn from those guys, and combine it with your lived experience, right. Right. and then go 
and and I think everybody should do that for at least the first year after they get out. Amen. To kind of transform the mindset a little more and give them something more meaningful Amen. to and like to a, take yeah. the place. And a lot of homies that get out now, we got to do that to take, to take the place. Because, yeah, yeah, because they still want to. Some 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 people have been in gangs. They still want to be involved in something. Exactly. They exactly. still want to be a part of something. And if you don't give them something to be a Amen. part of, they're going to go right. back to the homies. That's they right. want to still be a part of something. Mm-hmm. So give them something else to be a part of, of that social attachment to something. But at least it's something that is meaningful and of purpose and Thank value you. to Absolutely. fight for. Absolutely. Well, those are the final words. We thank all of you for tuning in with Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser, Shafat Outreach Podcast. And we, you know, uh, sometimes we we come at you once a week. Sometimes we come twice a week. Um, But uh, we'll uh, we'll be tuning back in with you probably, Lord's will, this Sunday, if the Lord says the same. And and, um, there's a few things I know I want to talk about because we got to start talking about um, these vaccinations that's going on and and um, uh, the inequity in that. And, and I know, and, and also, because, you know, they're still saying black people don't want to get vaccinated. But my thing is open it up to all the black people and we'll see who want to get vaccinated. Don't worry about the ones that don't. Let, that's their right. But let's focus on the ones that do. Because, you know, some of us, I, I don't mind getting vaccinated, but they tell me I'm too healthy and I got to wait, you know, to July or whenever. I don't know how long I got to wait, but, you know, they got 16-year-olds to the 65 that's going to be, you know, up next, you know, with underlying conditions. And I don't have any underlying conditions, so that means I still got to wait. And uh, it's okay, you know, from the perspective of, of, of God, trusting God and God to keep us. But I just want to talk about the inequity in that, you know, when you mentioned Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, you know, he got it. He, you know, he don't qualify, but he got it because he's a celebrity. Oh, you know, and they try to pretend like, oh, we, we this should encourage black people to take vaccination. If black people ain't going to do it, they ain't going to do it. They ain't going to do it because you say do it. You know what I mean? So go on about your business. You know, we don't need y'all to get up there talking all that kind of stuff. So so I, I ramble on about it. But we we thank you all for being on. We're going to tune in again, Lord's Will, this Saturday, Sunday, and, and we'll see you again. And so stay safe. Stay healthy. Be blessed in the name of the Lord. And this is Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser. And uh, we're signing out right here, right now.